Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My ex is from Park City. I mean, it's such a small world, but Utah is like even smaller. Are you in a relationship now? No. I'm crying. Are you dating? Not really, no. Tonight, Jen said this whole party's for me. I agree with that. I agree. Hi, guys. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I hope you're all having a wonderful day. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking Real Hostels of Salt Lake City, which was the Sundance episode. Also, I have some thoughts on The Bachelorette, but before we get into that, we got some business to take care of. I want to let you all know that the next couple of weeks are going to be a little bit different for Everything Iconic. I'm going on a a bit of a holiday hiatus, just a little breather, but there will be new episodes. I have some fun stuff coming for you guys uh, next week and the week after, and I think there'll be a recap on Sunday night regarding Atlanta and Potomac. But after that, then, there'll just be some interviews that uh, come up on the feed that I hope you guys will check out. One of them, you guys is truly one that I'm so excited for you guys to hear because I did it with uh, my mother, Linda Pellegrino, Queen Icon Legend. Everyone's been asking me to get her on the show. And of course, my mom's not interested. I've I've asked her before. She's like, Dan, I don't want to do it. Dan, I'm not interested. However, an opportunity presented itself for me to interview the one and only Marie Osmond. And my mom worships the ground Marie Osmond walks on. She loves her. She's seen her live with Donnie a hundred times. A hundred times. And so the opportunity came, and I got so excited because I thought, okay, this is going to be great because I could have my mom zoom in. And I told my mother, I told Linda, I said, you're just going to zoom in for a minute because I knew she'd get too nervous, and she was too nervous, too excited. So I said, you'll just come in for a minute and say hello, and then you can exit the Zoom. Well, really what I had in mind was like, Linda was going to stick around for the whole Zoom conversation, and she did. So once she got in there, I just didn't excuse her, and she had uh, the time of her life. She had the time of her life. She was so excited, and she just sort of sat back and, and let the interview with Marie wash all over her. But she did get to tell Marie how much she loved her. She was, It was adorable and lovely, and also one of the most special moments I've had on this podcast, because I've gotten a chance to interview so many wonderful people, but having the ability to share that moment with my mom and, and just make her so happy and excited, it was one of the most special things to me. So that interview will air on this podcast next week. Uh, or, or two weeks from now. I don't know. What what are we? Chris, it'll air a holiday Christmas week. You'll get a chance to check that out. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed. Afterwards, we did it over Zoom. And of course, Marie had like this amazing lighting in her Zoom. She looked flawless. And my mom did the Zoom from my dad's office. And after we got off the call, she called me right. She called me on the phone right after that. And she's like, your father needs to fix his lighting in here. It's shit lighting, Dan. His lighting is shit. <laughs> calling his office shit lighting. I was like, mom, well, I don't think, you know, dad needs the professional lighting to do his Zooms. You know, like how often is he going to be Zooming Marie Osmond? Hopefully not much. Um, But she wasn't happy with the shit lighting. But I'll put the episode up on YouTube too, the interview with Marie, uh, when it's out over at youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. And then I also have an interview with Teresa Caputo, who's the Long Island medium coming. And it was very, I, I got very emotional during it. I'll just say that. You guys will hear it uh, in a short time. But 
Um, that's what's coming. And then the recaps will start up again after the new year. Again, we'll have one this upcoming weekend after Atlanta and Potomac. And then there'll be a recap breather and the recaps will be back after the new year. So I need to take a little holiday break. So with all of that said, shall we hop into the Real Houses of Salt Lake City? It was the Sundance episode and we had, of course, the Sundance queen, Lisa. Lisa was the Sundance queen and it cracked me up when she just left the kids at home, sent in some Buffalo Wild Wings and then that was it. She just uh, had them fend for themselves. I've never seen a mother on these shows. Normally the moms are like, the family's the most important thing to me. Family's most important. But not Lisa. She was like, you know, I sent him some Buffalo Wild Wings and then I got to work. She's busy. She's a Sundance queen. She didn't give a shit that she was just leaving the kids home with the Buffalo Wild Wings. Honestly, the kids were probably happy about that. I love a Buffalo Wild Wing. Nothing better when you need a good chicken wing. When you want a good chicken wing. But I was shocked when she's just in her confessional like, fuck those kids. I'm, I'm working. Mommy's at work. <laughs> never, never seen a housewife act like that. Um, I was doing the math on this because it was Sundance weekend was January 23rd, 2020. So I was thinking the shutdown happened early March in terms of COVID. So I'm wondering if at the end of this season, it's going to be like, and then we all shut down as a country. Like, are we going to even address COVID at all this season? Or maybe they were at filming just before the shutdown. I don't know, but I'm curious to see. I guess we'll just have to watch what happens, if you will. So what else is happening this week? We have Brooks, who's the youngest designer at the Sundance Fashion Week. He's walking, and he seemed to have just found out that he's walking by Mer- Meredith's like, Brooks, you're walking. Or what's my Meredith impression? I lost it. Brooks, you're walking. Um, She told him, and he was so surprised. He's like, well, if you would have told me that, I would have done a juice cleanse last week. And I get that. I get that, Brooks. But apparently he didn't know. Meanwhile, Jen is also getting ready for Sundance Week, and she's at the office with the assistant, Stu who apparently, when he drinks, he calls himself Stew Chains. Let's just take a moment of silence for that. Stu, the first assistant, gets drunk and raps and calls himself Stew Chains. <sighs> Let's take a moment for that. Just let that sink in, because that was intense for me. I don't know about you guys when I heard that. Also, what the fuck is going on in that office? I mean, there was a lot happening, a lot of uh, sensory overload for my eyes and ears when I was watching Jen at the office with Stu. She had the hula hoop and the roller skates on, She's like, it's Sundance week. We're having fun. And I'm thinking, okay, this is not a carnival. What are we doing here? You're just hula hooping and roller skating around the whole offices. And that's a little bit, okay, I love, I love Jen. I hate to talk badly about any of these women because I love them all. But a little bit of my problem with Jen is that she's trying so hard to like give us kookiness or, or fights or whatever. She's trying to give us what she thinks we want, I think. And some of the time I really love that. And I think it's great. And then other times like this in the office with the hula hoop and the roller skates, I'm like, you need to cool it, Jen. We don't need all of the sensory overload. It's too much. One or the other, pick one one child activity to do in the office with stew chains. We don't need the hula hoop and the roller blades. Just one or the other. One or the other. And she already did, remember she did the um, skiing roller skate thing? And she's doing a lot of roller skate work this season. A lot of skate work. Because didn't we see that when she was practic- practicing the skiing in the house that she rented? I mean, I think that she was pretending on the roller, a lot of roller skate work, a lot of it. And Stu, yeah, Stu. Anyway, Jen's getting ready because she's hosting a, a party for VIPs for the Cousins documentary, Tony Venuco. I think that was his name. So then uh, we cut back to Lisa, who's getting ready for this Sundance thing. She says, again, everyone calls her the Queen of Sundance, which I think was just her, but it is what it is. And they're like loading stuff into one of the party zones, and the husband shows up. The husband, who she's always just talking at while he's asleep. I mean, uh, 
she's talking, he's going to pass and she's just going to be talking to him. I mean, I don't know. He was eyes closed. And she's like, honey, I got all this, this, and this to do. And I was like, he's not even conscious or with us, Lisa, but you're just talking at him. The whole, every scene they're in together, he's just unconscious and she's talking at him. She doesn't even need a husband. She just needs a mannequin. Honestly, it would be the same thing as what she's got there now. Because he's not even paying any attention. And I don't think he's interested in paying any attention. But they were all moving stuff in for this party planning. And it seemed to me like a lot of people in Utah, and maybe this is just something I'm not aware of, but it seemed like a lot of t-shirts were being worn in the fact that they're in snow. Are the temperatures warm, but there's snow? Maybe, I don't know. I got to figure out the climate situation there. Can we get a weather person on the line? Do we have a weather gal out there who's listening? I need to know uh, what's going on with the temperatures in Utah, because I can't make heads or tails of it, because I'm from the Midwest, and in Chicago, in Ohio, when there's snow on the ground, you can't just wear a one-piece bathing suit outside. You can't do it. And here they are in t-shirts and one-piece. There was that next scene where Whitney was at home, Jen arrived for a hot tub night, and Jen had the one-piece bathing suit with the boots with the fur. Everybody was looking at her. And I loved this scene, though. I love seeing just the hot tub scene. I love the snowy villages in this show. I mean, I'm really loving the climate. I just don't quite understand the mechanics of it. But I'm so satisfied just seeing this world that I'm not in much in the know about in the, the snow and the hot tub scene. I don't think we've gotten really many hot tub scenes. Of course, I think Beverly Hills has given us a Camille in a hot tub scene. There just hasn't been a ton of them. And I like it. It's like a different kind of, I like it. I like it. And Jen, she's talking to Whitney about how Mary called her a hoodlum and ghetto, and she's pissed about it. And I'll be honest, I'm glad that they moved on, uh, the Mary and Jen thing, because I'm a little tired of it. I've had enough of the Mary and Jen thing. It's just enough. It's enough. And they did move on later. They did move on later. And speaking of Mary, we see her with Charlinda. <sighs> you guys have a lot of questions about this. So what the fuck was going on there? The Charlinda, what the fuck was that? The whole thing, what the fuck was that? I rewound it a bunch of times. I watched this scene over and over again, like it was on loop. It was on loop. Like my niece, she watches Frozen over and over again. And here I was watching this scene between Mary and Charlinda over and over again, like it was Frozen. I mean, I couldn't believe my eyes and ears. Mary said that Charlinda is the grandmother's brother's daughter. And I had to draw out a family tree for that one. I mean, I had to call up uh, Ancestry.com to figure that out because I was like, what is this relationship? The grandmother's brother's daughter? Because, you know, every time I hear the word grandmother mentioned, I get a little, I, I'm like a little confused here because then I know she married the grandmother's husband, the step-grandfather. So, you know, I'd like an Ancestry.com report on this, Mary, because I want to know. And Charlinda. And Charlinda. So, Charlinda was with Mary for 20-something years. Apparently, Mary says she came to give Robert a present and then didn't leave. And so, I'm thinking, okay, they're close. And then immediately, Mary in her confessional says, we're not close at all. I don't know her family and what she does outside of what she helps me with, but at the end of the day, we're family. What the fuck does that mean, Mary? I don't even understand that sentence. Most of Mary's sentences I don't get. They don't really work in terms of the English language because that's it's not a properly uh, orchestrated sentence. I mean, not that I'm an English major or anything like that, but I'm just saying Mary, she says things and immediately contradicts herself. Doesn't make any fucking sense. She said, we're not close at all, but we're family? Like, what does that mean? The beginning of the sentence said, we're not close at all, and then the end of the sentence was, we're family. Which is it, Mary? A or B? Pick one, because I don't understand. I'm watching this, and I've got to rewind it, because I'm like, did I hear what she thinks? What I thought I heard? Doesn't make any fucking sense. What the fuck is going on there, Mary and Charlinda? 
and let's get Charlinda a confessional. They should have had a conf- they should have cut right to Charlinda in a confessional who's saying, This is my relationship with Mary. I heard Mary's side of the story. Now I need to hear Charlinda's. I don't understand. They were like singing and dancing in the scene. I can't tell if they're close or not. What's the story there? Everyone has a story. What's Charlinda's? So then we cut to Justin's birthday party, Whitney's husband. This looked like a good time, didn't it? Ah, they were doing body shots off each other. They got in a party bus. And on the party bus, Whitney was dancing on the pole. She loves to dance on anyone or anything. She turns one of the friend's necks into a pole. You know, Whitney will turn anything into a pole if you give her the chance. And she found a stray neck. One of her friends had an elongated neck. And she's like, I'm going to wrap my legs around that. And she did it on the bus. Cameras and all. And I don't think she was even that drunk. She seemed pretty sober. And yet it was like the legs instinctively. She saw a thin vertical thing. She saw something thin and vertical and she wrapped her legs around it instinctively. And that's what I love about Whitney. It's just a great, a great thing. They seem to have so much fun. They went to someone in Deer Valley's house, Catherine. Gorgeous house. Want to know more about this Catherine? SOS, give me more information on this Catherine because she seems like she could be a good future housewife, I'm thinking. I don't know, spitballing here. Maybe if they need to get rid of someone or add another cast member next season, let's get Catherine on the line with this house. And so everyone arrives at this party. Mary arrived in what I can only describe to be uh, shocking and aggressive to the eyes in that outfit. It was like a fringe leather skirt, gloves, and two purses. She had two purses. What did she have in both purses? I mean, she should have maybe just had one big one or something. I don't know. She's always accessorizing a lot. I know I've said this before, but in the words of Coco Chanel and Countess Luann, you need to lose an accessory before you leave the house. Just one of them. Take one of them off, Mary. I mean, what do I know, though? What do I know? Some of it I like a little bit. It's like, I'm starting to get used to Mary's style a little bit, so I think I'm I think I'm think getting a little bit attracted to Mary's style, but it's still a lot. Like, I, I think I'm just starting to adjust. But if I were to come to this fresh and see that outfit she was wearing at Catherine's house, I'd say, what the fuck? But um, yeah, so that is what happened. Mary and Jen do talk again, and they make up. They agree to just move on. Mary calls out Jen for saying the grandpa thing. And Jen was like, I don't remember saying that to you. And then um, Mary says in her confessional, after Jen said that, Mary says, well, unless she has a twin, it was her that said it. And the thing is, when Mary said that in the confessional, it almost sounded like she actually believed that Jen might have had a twin. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't seem like Mary was saying that as a joke. It felt like Mary might actually think Jen has a twin. You know, like, I think she might think that. I don't know. Unclear. Anyway, they eventually move on. Meredith, then we see her with the new confessional, the slick back hair. I'm obsessed with this woman. I'm obsessed with all, most of these women. Not all of them, but most of them. She debuted the slick hair, the slick back hair. She said, I'm walking in the show. I'll be wearing my own jewelry, and I'm so excited. She said that. Um, and Brooks is also going to be walking and selling the sweatsuits. I love a loungewear, too. Those sweatsuits look amazing. I love a loungewear. It looks, I mean, are they like the Juicy Couture? What's the, um, what's the material on these Brooks Mark sweatsuits? I need to know. Um, she does say, Brooks is always love fashion. He would never let me dress him. And then they show just a bunch of pictures of Brooks, just in regular kid clothes. Like, I don't think he looked like all that. I mean, he looked good, don't get me wrong, as a kid, but. It didn't look like he was going to be some fashion designer by the photos they showed on the screen. It was like, the, it, Brooks has always loved fashion. And then they showed just random pictures of him as a kid, which he looked fine. Again, just didn't look like, it wasn't like so quirky that I was like, oh my God, that little kid's going to be a fashion designer. Um, but, you know, they had to convince us of that. And God bless them. 
God bless him. I love this Meredith. This is my son. He's a fashion designer. I feel like my Meredith is starting to get into Kim Cattrall and Sex in the City territory. <laughs> um, my favorite Sex in the City moment, you guys, I talk about this a lot, but my favorite um, Sex in the City moment is when Samantha is like, they're all sitting at lunch or brunch having a cocktail. And Samantha is like smiling. She's just sitting there smiling. And uh, Charlotte's like, Samantha, you're glowing. And Samantha just goes, I masturbated all afternoon. <laughs> and it's that episode when she was like really turned on by the priest, Friar Fuck. I masturbated all afternoon. Um, anyway, the point is, Kim Cattrall doesn't want to do the third Sex in the City movie, so let's get Meredith Marks in there. We could get her some acting lessons. I'm sure she'd be great in there. Let's make it happen. By the way, I'm uh, recapping Sex in the City from the beginning over at the Patreon page, so if you want access to those, just put a new one up. It's patreon.com slash everythingiconic. And if you donate $4 more per month, you get access to those bonus episodes. Gotta move the merch, you guys. Gotta move the merch. Um, okay, what else is happening in Salt Lake City? We cut to Lisa's party. She's doing a party for McMillions, that documentary, which is, I think, produced by Mark Wahlberg. So, was he there? Unclear. I mean, to be honest, I'm glad he wasn't on the show. I would have been upset if, like, Bravo just showed us Mark Wahlberg. I'm not interested. Not when I turn on Bravo. Mm-mm. Not when I turn on Bravo. I still haven't forgiven him for that Daddy's Home sequel. You know what I'm saying? Did you guys see that? Not interested. That's a hard pass on Mark Wahlberg for the near future. For the near and distant future, that's a hard pass. After that Daddy's Home 2, what they put us through. I mean, Mark Wahlberg has subjected us to a lot, but that Daddy's Home 2 starring Mel Gibson? I'm sorry. We don't need a holiday film starring Mel Gibson. Uninterested. How dare they? Um, not that I want to you know, take such a strong stance on Daddy's Home 2, but I, somebody has to say it. Somebody has to say it. Enough. Enough. If I see a Daddy's Home 3, who else are they going to put in there? Roman Polanski? Let's not do another holiday film with Mel Gibson. It's just not something we need. I'm not saying... I understand people have feelings towards cancel culture, but Mel Gibson is an extreme case of saying some very inappropriate things very publicly, and then they threw him in a Christmas film. A Christmas film! That is not the type of season I'm interested in. Jesus would never. I mean, not interested. We already got all those movies with Tim Allen. Um, You know, that's enough. That's enough for me. I do love my Tim Allen and the Santa Claus, though. I will say that much. I will say that much. But I don't need to see a nativity with Mel Gibson next to it. Not interested. Anyway, moving on. We cut to Heather... Oh, Heather and Whitney have this cute scene. And I wrote in my notes, I would jump in front of a bus for Heather and Whitney. <laughs> That's what I wrote in my notes. I love those two. And they were eating French fries. Ah, I love them. I love her. Uh, and Heather says she can see how happy Whitney is in her marriage. And Heather feels like she chose in her marriage faith over love. And she has a regret over those choices. Even though she loves the kids, she has a regret over the love choice. I want Heather to find the best love of all. The greatest love of all, in the words of Whitney Houston, I want Heather to find it because she deserves. I want her to have the good sex. I want her to just screw a lot of men, a lot of hot men. And then I want her to find the love of her life. And those two things aren't mutually exclusive. I want her to sleep around and then find the love of her life. I just want only good things for her. Only good things. And she says it's hard for her to find someone in their Mormon community because she's divorced, she's got kids, and all of these Mormon guys. They want someone who's going to be, you know, doesn't have no kids and doesn't drink and doesn't do all these other things. And those men, I'm not interested in them either. I hope Heather finds herself some guy outside of the church who is not going to judge her choices or her lifestyle. 
because that's what she deserves. She's a queen, an icon, and a legend, and I will only accept the best for this Heather. And Whitney, too. I know Whitney's got a man, but um, I still will only accept the best for those two, because I love them, and I am rooting for them. And if they need me to jump in front of a bus for them, I'm ready and willing. Ready and willing. Okay, so then let's see. We cut to Jen's party with a group. It's Jen's party is for a group called Fraternity, with a number, a number four and Ternity. That's how they say their name. It's sort of like how Avril Lavigne came out with the song Skater Boy with the eight in the middle of the name. You remember? It was like SK, the, the number eight. <laughs> Did I say letter eight? It's like SK, the number eight, E-R. And then she spelled B-O-I, boy. That's how she spelled boy, B-O-I. You know what? God bless Avril Lavigne. I miss that that Canadian woman. I know there's like some theories that she's like passed and she was replaced by someone or something. <laughs> there's some crazy conspiracy theories regarding Avril Lavigne, and I'll eat every one of them up. I will. I do not believe in QAnon, but I do believe in the conspiracy theories for Avril Lavigne, and I love that woman. Um, but let's see. Then, uh, oh, so they have this party for fraternity. And Heather says Sundance is really great because other people are in town. And she says it's nice to meet other people. And she's always looking for sex. And she, oh, she said her in confessional, I'm always looking for sex, but I'm not looking for love. And then she said, that sounded vulgar. Can you delete that? She said to the producer, ah, oh, I love her. Love her. So then at this fraternity party, Lala and Katie from Vanderpump Rules arrive. And Lala is apparently there for a movie called Spree, which I'm not unclear. Um, but she does arrive, and I did tell you guys this on the podcast. Did I not? Did I not? Weeks and weeks ago. See, sometimes I know things, and then I, I just sort of say it, and I, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but like, you know, if you listen to me, I try to throw in little hints and stuff. You know, I hear things. I hear things. And let's just say I was right. My crystal ball was right. So then uh, they show up, but they're not really in it. The previews keep showing them, but they were in it for like two seconds, I thought. It was interesting. Also that it was just uh, Katie and Lala. I was surprised. I wonder what it would have been like if they had like Stassi and, and Kristen or some of the people who have been publicly fired. Would they have edited them out? Interesting. Interesting. So then at this party, there's like a whole movie playing. And I, well, I think it was a whole movie. They made them all stand and watch something. I was like, are they standing to watch a whole movie? I'm not interested at a party when everything stops and you're supposed to watch one thing or like listen to speeches. I just want to have a pig in a blanket and a cocktail and mingle. Like I'm not interested in sitting and watching a full-length movie while I'm standing at a party. So I don't know. Maybe they just showed the trailer or something, but it, it was weird. Heather was flirting with this guy though, and it was awkward but adorable. It was adorable. She said, "I like men with big equipment" because he was like one of the guys that worked there, and or worked for the movie studio or something. And she then just pulls him outside, and she's like, yeah, I fucked him. She doesn't say in those words, but I, that's what I took it to believe. That's what I took it as. Yeah, I fucked him. I think she said, like, mission accomplished. Oh my god, by the way, you guys, speaking of mission accomplished, did you see that Tom Cruise video? So Tom Cruise lost it. He's on the set of Mission Impossible, you know, the 10th one, or whatever fuck number we're on of the Mission Impossible films. By the way, I love those movies, too. I love those movies, unapologetically. I think they're fantastic movies. and. Tom, our Tommy lost it. Tommy lost it. He's just shouting at the crew, put on your fucking mask. Fucking mask. People are losing their homes. And he's like, loosen it. And I lift for it. And I know he's crazy and I don't support his practices otherwise. Um, and also I don't, I don't really support him talking down to, you know, his coworkers. I think I would have been shook. My pants would have been so moist. They would have been soaked after he, Tom Cruise, that little man yelled at me. 
And he's a short man, that little man, if he yelled at me. If I was looking down at him and he was just yelling up at me, I would have just been shook. I mean, I couldn't have handled it, so I do feel for those people. But at the same time, I liked his message. I liked his messaging. And it was sort of like, there was some weird language in it that was like a little scientology You know what I'm saying? It was just sort of like, I don't know, when, when I hear something, you report to me and I'll decide if I hear it properly. Or, it, you know, that wasn't it, but it was something like that where I was like, oh, this is, you know, words from Xenu. You know, there's something like that. I felt it in my bones that it was like a, uh, I don't know, some sort of wor- a word of Xenu. Is Xenu the name of the Scientology? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, okay, so what else did we hear? Oh, so, uh, yeah, Heather fucked the guy. Then we cut to Brooks getting ready for this fashion show thing. And one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen on Housewives, it was chaos. In the Brooks uh, Meredith household, pure chaos. The toilet was overflowing. The sh- dog was shitting everywhere. They were running late. The smoke alarm, for some reason, uh, unknown, unbeknownst to me, the smoke alarm was going off. It was like, and then the dog's shitting, and they're trying to unplug the toilet. It's just going everywhere. Meredith's on the phone. She's like, plumber, I need a plumber now. And, you know, she's just pure chaos. I could have watched for hours. Literal tears in my eyes. I was cracking up so much. It was just so funny, that overflowing toilet. And those toilets, once they start going overflow, it's like there's no stopping them. It's, you're just like, where's this even coming from? It's just like uh, insanity. And we need a plumber, you know, Meredith. <laughs> then uh, Dad sent a video. He's not able to be there for the fashion show. And he it was sort of an inspirational video. But then he said something about a mountain. I don't know. I was writing an email when this video came in on the screen, and I was confused what he said something about a mountain. Unsure. Meredith ended the episode by crying. And then that's the end of the episode. Next week, we get the actual fashion show. Uh, Brooks calls his dad and yells at him. Brooks is really getting in the mix this season. I mean, he's an unofficial housewife. And then Whitney's dad, we see him at the trampoline park. And I, I would also jump in front of a bus for Whitney's dad. Honest. And then Lisa talking at her husband. I guess they have a fight or something. And then Meredith, it's revealed a rumor that she's dating other people. So that's Salt Lake City, you guys. I loved this episode. Truly, madly, deeply. Loved it. Loved it, loved it. Okay, we got to talk about The Bachelorette. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic.
Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. I really hope I make a good impression. Tonight, Tisha faces the families. I'm still a big skeptic. How serious is this? You've been married before. You didn't answer the question. It's like a what? The Bachelorette. Okay, The Bachelorette, you guys. We're down to the final four. And they're doing like the hometown visits. Now, apparently, normally they do the hometown visits where they go to the hometowns, they fly them out, and it's like a really amazing thing. Unfortunately, because of COVID, we're going to have to do it all at the La Quinta Inn playgrounds. And it was honestly one of the saddest things I've ever seen on television. I mean, I'm sorry to say it. I think they worked with what they have, and I get it. I understand the predicament that production is in. However, it was so depressing. It was so depressing. First was the Brendan Carnival, you guys. The Brendan Carnival, one of the saddest things I've ever seen on TV, they had those toy horses. They just had Tasha hopping on that little toy horse and racing uh, across the street or something with the young girl who was uh, Brendan's hometown visit. I was like, what is going on here? Then they were playing basketball. They literally put poster board on top of like one of those Papa Shot basketball machines. And I think it said like Dunkaroo, or I just saw the word Aru. But I was like, what production assistant was tasked? with just putting a poster board over this Papa Shot basketball hoop. And couldn't they have gotten something a little fan? They could have gotten a nicer carnival there. I'm sorry, you guys. The crew is already at the La Quinta Inn playgrounds. They I'm surely are ready to work. They don't got anything else to do. They're probably sitting on these playgrounds all day long, twiddling their thumbs. I'm sorry to say, 
Uh, I'm sure they work hard, but I mean, come on, they could have at least done had something else flown in for a carnival or something. I mean, it was so sad they did the ring toss. It was like, it looked like something I would have made in the sixth grade. Who's art directing this show at this point? And where is the budget going? Where is the budget going? This is a highly rated show. It's in its hundredth fucking season. And it's not like they have to pay cast members or paying contestants. The only one making a bunch of money is Chris Harrison on camera. So what is going on here? They don't, where's the money going that they couldn't even get a professional-looking basketball hoop or a ring toss that didn't look like it was made by my seven-year-old nephew? What is going on there? I mean, I could not believe my eyes. And then Zach, it was sad to see that. And then I thought, okay, maybe that was just like a homemade carnival vibe. That's what I thought. That's what I assumed. I thought, maybe this is just Brendan's day. It's really low-tech, low whatever. And then Zach all of a sudden was like, ready for our hometown date? And then he's like, I'm from New York. We're going to get picked up in a cab. And then they brought a paper cab, you guys. A paper cab. What the fuck was that? It was all so depressing. He took her for a bagel. That was their big thing. Like, I'm from New York. Let's get a bagel. And I get they're trying to be cute. Again, I empathize. But watching this play out on a television show that is highly rated and a high budget, I just feel like they could have done more. I think they were going for that homemade feel, but it didn't feel homemade to me. It felt very cheap. And I'm sorry to say it. I know I'm going to get a lot of heat. Speaking of heat, too, they were all sweating through this episode. I mean, every last one of them. Where are the air conditionings? Where are the fans? The families were flying in. In the middle of the pandemic, they flew into Palm Springs. And Palm Springs is a hot climate. I get it. But Zach's dad is sweating through the scene indoors at the La Quinta Inn. You mean to tell me that they couldn't get an air conditioning indoors? at the suite at the La Quinta Inn. I mean, they were dripping sweat. They were literally so sweaty. Ivan was drenched like he just went swimming. They were doing the scene with Ivan. He was like, he just went swimming in, in something. Uh, Zach's dad looked like a coke whore in church. They were sh- just soaking wet, soaking wet. And, and okay, so back at the Zach date, they did end up making out a fountain, which was just like very, that was a cinematic moment to me. That was a beautiful moment. Although I just kept thinking, you're in the La Quinta Inn Fountain. You mean to tell me that there aren't a bunch of old, dirty pennies in that? They, you know, you know one of those bachelorette PAs, maybe that's what they were busy with. They were cleaning out the pennies of that fountain. Because I know there's been a plenty of pennies in that fountain at the La Quinta Inn. And I don't believe they've cleaned the water properly. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't imagine any place could keep up with that kind of cleaning in terms of a fountain that everyone's throwing their coins in. You know it. Anyone that goes to that La Quinta Inn, you know they throw a coin in there. They get a a penny in their pocket and they throw it in that fucking fountain. Make a wish. And my wish would be never to set foot in that fountain because I'm grossed out by fountains. That would be my wish when I threw the penny in. And here was Zach and Tasha just rolling around the fountain. All I could think about was like, this is disgusting. They might not be getting COVID this season, but they're surely, surely going to get gangrene or something. I mean, they're going to get something in that fountain. Mark my words. We're going to hear about it. There's going to be some sort of infection. Staph infection, gangrene, I don't know. Something they're going to get from that dirty fountain that everyone throws their coins in. Because they were just splashing around in there, laying in the, and making out. The water was getting in between their lips and stuff. There's no way they didn't get an infection. An H. pylori infection, maybe? I'm not sure. Unclear of what they got, but something. I'm sure they had to get some uh, antibiotics into the, the helicopter into the Quinta Inn. They had to airdrop some antibiotics, a Z-Pack. There's no way Zach wasn't on a Z-Pack after this. Mm-mm, no, ma'am, I wouldn't believe it. He was definitely on a Z-Pack. So then, uh, what else? They're making out in the fountain. Oh, then Ivan. Ivan's the one I want to win. 
You guys, he's the one that I like the most, although I will say I think he's just a few years too young. I don't think he will win. I think I actually am kind of thinking Brendan's going to win, but Ivan, he's my favorite. And if he was three years older, four years older, five years older, he would be my pick because he's such a gem of a guy, but I just don't think he's old enough. And that's not even on him. I think a 20, how old is he? 24? He's young. And a, a straight guy at that age, a straight guy in their 20s, I'm sorry. It's a hard pass for me. I'm not that they're interested in me, but ladies, if you're out there, do not go after a guy in their 20s that's straight. Nope, not happening. Just move on. Find a guy in their 20, with 30s. Wait till you're 30. Maybe 29, start dating him. But a 24-year-old, mm-mm, no ma'am. Ladies, you need to walk away. You know? Ladies, am I right? You need to walk away. You need to walk away. So then they cook. They cook. They do a little cooking. And Ivan was soaked. He was wearing a gray shirt, which I felt for him. I felt for him, but you could see all the water. I mean, it was a lot going on with that heat. And, you know, I tweeted about this. A lot of people reached out and they said, well, it's Palm Springs. It's hot, Danny. It's 102 degrees. And look, I'm a sweater. I live in California. I understand the temperatures in Palm Springs, California. Believe me. I get it more than anyone. It's the desert. It's hot as fuck out there. And I, for one, would never want to film a TV show in Palm Springs, California. Uh Uh-uh. I go out there with some friends. I'm not even interested in taking a photo for Instagram out there because I am a soaking wet mess. I get it. But they were indoors. Ivan and this Taisha were indoors cooking. And they could have put a fan on them. They could have put air conditioning on them. I mean, what was happening? That was, I don't know, are there labor laws out there? What's going on with that? There had to have been some labor laws. They were like, uh, um... They were like Jordan Sparks and Chris Brown trying to breathe in no air. I felt bad for them. And you know they complained to production. You know it. Ivan got out of that scene and was like, you can't air that. That's what I would have said. I would have said, you can't air this. I'm sweating through a gray shirt, a light gray shirt. He had a light gray blouse on and sweating through it, and they're making a, they're going to air it? I'm shocked that they aired it. I'm shocked. Cause they, but then they couldn't have not aired it because every scene they were sweating in it. Every single scene. Um, and then we cut to Ben's. One-on-one hometown date. More rollerblading and doing caricatures. Rollerblading and doing caricatures. You guys, I have a lot of thoughts on this. First and foremost, I don't want to see rollerblading as like a hometown date. I'm sorry, it just is what it is. I know he's from Venice, California. Again, I just reiterate that I understand production's predicament. But this is not a television show that is fun to watch when they're just roller skating or rollerblading. And then caricatures, I have a lot of thoughts on caricatures. Namely, don't ever take me to one. I don't want to go to a cartoonist or a caricature artist, ever. I did it once on vacation as a kid in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And let me tell you something, it was a mistake. Ruined me for about a year, almost a whole year. My self-esteem was at the bottom of the barrel. Because this caricature artist, you know, they accentuate your features that you don't like. So if you got like a, a sort of big nose, they'll draw it as if it's the big, the whole face, the whole drawing will just be like one big nose, you know, or if you got a thick eyebrows, it'll just be like one straight line. And it's like, I, you know, I'm Italian, but I don't have, I have my mom's eyebrows. So I have like very shaped eyebrows. And I remember the caricature artist, when I was young, he drew it as if I had like the thinnest eyebrows. And I looked crazy in the caricature. I don't even know if we still have it. I think I threw it away. And also I was a chunky kid. So it was like this, like, I don't know how to explain it, but I remember he, they ask you like what your activities are. And I, at the time I played soccer or something. And so, but I didn't love soccer. It was just like, that was the sport I was playing. I don't know if my mom told him or I told him, but he drew me playing soccer and I look like a big old, I look like a pig or a big old heffalump. 
and with the thinnest eyebrows, just in this very arch, my eyebrows are arch-shaped like McDonald's. That's what he drew, like the McDonald's arched. And I was like devastated for almost a whole year at this Myrtle Beach uh, caricature artist. What an asshole. What an asshole. If anyone sees him, I don't know his name or what he looked like. I don't remember any of it. But if you see him, uh, if you're in Myrtle Beach and you see a caricature artist, you run the other way. You run the other way. It's not okay for anyone's self-esteem. I feel the same way I do about roasts. I don't ever want to be roasted. Don't put me in front of a roast on a dais. I'm not interested. I'm certainly not interested in being drawn by a caricature artist in Myrtle Beach or at the La Quinta Inn. Because you're not getting like a Disney animator there. You know, you're not getting someone who's going to draw you like a Disney princess. You get someone who accentuates your bad features that you're unhappy with, and they're just making fun of you. Not okay. Not okay for me. Um, Then uh, they introduced, you guys, this was so exciting for me. So they introduced Ben's hometown people. It was his sister and Antonia from Top Chef on Bravo, you guys. Uh, I just binged a bunch of Top Chef this year. My boyfriend and I, we binged like 11 seasons, and then we had to take a breather because we were watching too much. So we'll get back into it, but we watched, I think, like the first 11 or something. And Antonia's a star. I loved her. I loved her on it. I was so excited to see her, although I was disappointed they didn't say, like, famed chef Antonia. Because not only was she on Top Chef a couple different seasons, she was on All Stars, but also she was on that Selena Gomez show on HBO Max where they, like, have a chef cook with uh, Selena Gomez and her friend. And so Antonia's a star, and they just were acting like, oh, it's just some woman that Ben knows or something. I'm like, Antonia, put some respect on her name. She's a Top Chef all-star. Disgusted. Although I will say, this is going to be controversial, and I worship Antonia. Queen and I kind of a legend. But I wouldn't have mind if she ran a brush through her hair for her appearance on The Bachelorette. Now, I know the humidity, again, we know that the, they were all sweaty, but it just seemed to me that maybe we could have just run, run a bunch, brush through it one time. You know, just did one quick swoop of Antonia's hair. She had it up on a bun, which I get. I get, but I don't know. We were on camera. I don't know that I would have gone on camera with that cut. But what do I know? What do I know? It's just, I thought maybe some PA or someone, I know there's COVID protocols. Maybe someone could have just walkie-talkied to Antonia. You know, maybe they could have thrown her a walkie-talkie and then someone like offset or 10 feet away could have walkie-talkied in and been like, hey, would you mind brushing your hair just real quick? Just one little, you know, just looks like you haven't run a brush through it in about a year. Um, but she's still stunning. I mean, look at, she's gorgeous. She looked good, didn't she? I love Antonia. And she don't even need to brush her hair because she's so beautiful. But, you know, I just thought maybe we're on camera. Maybe we should just, you know, a little bit. Anyway, uh, look, she gets rid of Ben. And it was all because Ben can't show emotion. He doesn't cry. And I wanted Ben to cry, too. He was sort of in the limo trying to push out a tear after she got rid of him. But Taisha was at the Quinta Inn. She's sitting on the bench and she's saying, I just wish she would have showed me so, some emotion, even when he was gone, to make it feel like it was real. He didn't cry. He seemed like not mad, angry, nothing. And I got that. That would have pissed me off, too. And I fell for Ben. I didn't like him at first when we first met this Ben. Um, but after I saw a picture without his blouse on and he opened up about his eating disorder, I just thought, I'm in love with this man. So I wonder, he'll probably be on, what's that one called? Like the In Paradise or something? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I'm new to this world. And I will say, I I wasn't super excited to watch this episode, and then I put it on and I loved it. But I do not like the length of these episodes. And that's going to be controversial to you Bachelor lovers. I just feel like when I go to put on a TV show and it says that I have, uh, with no commercials, an hour and 28 minutes, 
something in me quivers a bit. And I think, oh my God, I have to sit for a whole length of a movie to watch this one episode of The Bachelorette. Like, that's a lot for me. It's overwhelming. And as someone who's anxiety ridden, uh, it really stresses me out. But, you know, we got through it and I love the episode. But I, I don't know. We have um, one more week left, two episodes next week. Unfortunately, you guys, I apologize. We're not going to be covering them, although I will try to, I don't know, Instagram or tweet or something about them as I'm watching. Uh, but I needed a little holiday break from the podcast. So we're still going to have new episodes, like I said, but um, I needed a little breather from the recast just to regroup, unwind for the holiday season. And then we'll be back after the new year. You guys, I mentioned merchandise. Go to everythingiconic.store. There's still time to order uh, for Christmas delivery. Order one of the t-shirts. Those are the only Christmas things I think we have left. We sold out of the the Christmas wine glasses, all of it, but the t-shirts are so cute. They make such a great gift, and Matt worked really hard designing them. So um, not that I want to pressure you guys, but um, we don't have many of them left, and I uh, I just think they're adorable. They're great. Get it as a house shirt. Uh, um, what, do you, what do I call it? A house shirt? Just order a size up than what you normally wear, and wear it around the house cozy. I always like to have a, a shirt that's a size up that I could just swim in, you know, just real big. Um, I hate to wear a t-shirt around the house that I feel like I'm sausaged into, you know what I'm saying? Especially now, I've gained the COVID weight, and it's like, I, I can't even wear regular pants. I had to put jeans on the other day, and it was just like, everything was popping. I was like one of those Pillsbury dough uh, containers, you know, when you, they're popping open. And that's what I felt like in my jeans the other day. So I like a shirt that's a size up. Get one of the very merry, iconic Christmas shirts a size up, and just wear it around the house on the holidays. Um, also, uh, again, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And let's do our little cool down. I think we all could use a little breather. Let's take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Take another deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Oh, you guys, holiday season's upon us. It's stressful, right? It's stressful more than ever because we're all dealing with the anxiety of 2020. So be easy on yourselves. You know, the holiday season, this one's not going to be perfect. Holiday season rolls around and we all want everything to be perfect. We want to get perfect gifts for everyone and want to bake all the right cookies and decorate the house perfectly. But this is a tough year for everyone. So be easy on yourself. Just enjoy the holiday as you can and don't put pressure on the other stuff. This is not going to be a perfect holiday season. It's just not. Many of us are missing families. So be kind to yourself. Give yourself some leeway. Put on some TV. Do some self-care. Do a face mask Friday. Have some bed wine. Whatever it is that you got to do to get through the holiday season, you do and don't feel guilty about it. Take all that guilt away. If you got to spend some time alone in the room because that's how you need to deal with the holiday, that's what you do. And don't feel bad that you're missing someone outside or that you're ignoring the kids for a minute. Recharge. Regroup renew and feel good about it and don't feel guilty about how you're handling the holiday because this is a tough holiday and we're all just going to be lucky to get through it and uh and count your blessings where you have them i love you all so much for listening uh stay safe love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. 